0: is one of my favorite weeks of the year, and I have one of my favorite people on the show this week to help commemorate that. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm Mike, obviously. This is my 39th podcast episode. Hopefully it won't be my last. And on for the third time ever, and the second time, it's Royal Rumble Week. That's why it's one of my favorites. He was on last year to help me preview my favorite WWE event of the year. He's back now. He is the physically strong, the Bret hart loving, Stat churning, Mike Burnin', the excellence of podcast execution from ESPN's Cheap Heat, the one and only Stat Guy Greg. Welcome back, my man. Good to be back. Oh, good to have good you back. Have you. How you been? It's been, a, it's been a year since I've had you on the show. You and I have obviously talked throughout the year, but how are things in the world of, of Stat Guy?
1: Yeah, things are great, man. I have no complaints. I'm I'm like you, though, man. I'm waiting for the Royal Rumble to get ready. Royal Rumble weekend is fast approaching. You know, you got NXT as a part of the festivities this year. So I'm looking forward
0: to all of it. I am very pumped. I'm going to be going there. I'm going to be excited to be actually at my first World Rumble in person. I'll be at NXT. So I'm stoked. Uh, We'll talk about all that, Greg. Uh, We're going to talk Rumble predictions right away out of the gate. I also have a bunch of fan questions that came in. We got some uh, fan listeners that want to know What you have to say about there are very important questions. I want to talk to you a bit about Cheap Heat and how that's uh, gone over the last year because it continues to be an awesome listen uh, for sure. Download it and subscribe if you're not already one of the people who do so. But the first thing I want to do, Greg, I had some new wrinkles to the show that I've added since you were on last year. And one of those is I love starting off on a good foot with everybody. So I always ask this same question. I'm going to ask you now, what's the best thing that happened to you in your life this past week?
1: This past week, oh man, um, this weekend was my girlfriend's birthday and we got to go to Beko, um Lydia Boskimich's restaurant in Midtown Manhattan and the food was incredible. So that I would say was the best thing that happened to me this past week, just birthday celebrations with the girlfriend and excellent, excellent food. If you're, if you're a lover of Italian food, it, it comes highly recommended from the um, Fresh Pasta um, fresh all-you-can-eat homemade pasta from a world-class chef.
0: I really don't think it gets much better than that. Man, the good woman, some good food. That's a perfect yeah. night. What a great night. And then you probably – did you go home and watch some Network uh, together? Is that WWE Network? Was that the perfect cap oh, for the course. birthday night? Love of course.
1: it. You know, you have to um, – have to end any birthday celebrations with the NXT or, you know, World Rumble's coming up. So I think it was World Rumble
0: 93 for me. But Oh, that's great. The y- Yokozuna World Rumble with the girlfriend for her birthday. That's how you celebrate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, <laughs> that's birthday. awesome. I'm
1: sure she didn't want to watch it. But...
0: Oh, that's so great. That's true love if I ever heard it, man. Um, All right, Greg, so let's get down to it. Uh, this is not Monday Night Raw. We're not going to make you wait three hours, listeners, to get to the real good stuff. We're going to come right out of the gate. We're coming in hot. So, Greg, tell me right off the bat, who's winning the Royal Rumble this year?
1: Oh, uh, man, I don't think it's anybody who's announced to be in it just yet. Um, Ooh. I, I want to say... I want to say either Samoa Joe or Shinsuke Nakamura.
0: Wow! And, uh, really? So you're coming Nakamura out of the
1: field. Nakamura was my early Nakamura was my early pick to win the Rumble, um, and I'm sticking with it, even though logistically it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But um, but yeah, there's still some some open slots, and uh,
0: I'm predicting Joe or not. Wow. so yeah. somebody who's not announced. Wow. Yeah, so we're we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So SmackDown hasn't happened yet this week as we're talking. Um, so maybe there's some more entrants that will be announced on SmackDown Tuesday night. As of right now, 21 of the 30 spots have been announced uh, after Raw last night. So uh, Greg is going with the field. He's going with the nine that have not been announced yet that someone's going to take it. Uh, interesting. I don't agree with you because, again, I don't see where Nakamura would fit in or Joe... Right away in the title picture, Joe more so, but uh, Joe
1: would fit in uh, because you got to remember, right? Joe has a little bit of a history with John Cena.
0: Yeah, they go way back
1: with AJ Styles for sure. So Joe fits right in on the SmackDown picture on an already, and that's the other thing too. The Royal Rumble is already Raw heavy, so a SmackDown winner. That, SmackDown a shot in the arm.
0: That's a great point. Uh, yeah, I think as of right now, the 21 that are in, I think only seven of them are SmackDown people. So it definitely is leaning red. I'm what you sold me on Joe. I can see Joe, especially because of the history with Cena and Styles. Nakamura, I, I don't, I don't Nakamura see. It, is a stretch. That's Nakamura a big stretch. Is a stretch um, so who would you? Maybe this is maybe a Nakamura answer for me though. Who would you? Who would you want to see win the Rumble? So now who do you think is going to win it? But if you were fantasy booking this thing, give me like your top three that you would love, that's that Stack guy Greg would love to see on personal preference be the last man standing.
1: The last three in the ring, the final three?
0: Or who, like who would your favorite three be to potentially be the winner? Not necessarily the last three standing, but if you were handing in your, your slip to Vince and you're like, hey, these are the three guys that I would want to win in some order, who would those three be? Kurt Angle. Okay. Uh,
1: Shinsuke Nakamura. And in the number three, The Miz.
0: The One Miz. I like that. That's a good call. I like that. I think he deserves it.
1: Yeah. One of those three. And I, I think of the three that I named, Miz is most likely just because he's there and he's already announced as a participant and he's hot right now and he's on the blue brand, but um, but yeah, it could be anybody.
0: This is so. This is the thing for me. As I've, there's a lot of talk, right, that either Strowman or Baron Corbin may be the surprise winner this year. Can you agree with me that that's absolute trash? I do not. Want, the last thing I want to do is see one of those guys win. I would take any of the like five guys you've already mentioned over either of those two. You on the same page with me on that?
1: I am absolutely on the same page as that, and and you got to look too, right? Big men have a specific role in the Royal Rumble. For example, like Kane, right? He's never won the Royal Rumble, but he's always in there to get a lot of eliminations and kind of dominate. And I see Braun Strowman and Ben Corbin go in, th- in that particular way. You know, you got Kane, that's it, that more big show, Mark Henry. These are just the two of the next in line. Like the only big men that you can look back and see that have won the Royal Rumble is... Um, Yokozuna, and Big John Studd. And if you want to count Undertaker as a quote-unquote big man, even though like he doesn't move or fit the mold of your typical big man, you could throw Undertaker in there. But Undertaker would be a special case because he was already a legend when he won the Royal Rumble. So he transcended his, his big man status. Meanwhile, you know, Braun or Corbin, like, this would be – you know they don't they don't really deserve it just yet. I don't see what they would do. I don't want to see them in the main event at WrestleMania, even if it is one of those uh, mid card main events that happens at the uh, fourth or fifth match of the show. So no, it, would, it would be it's trash. Not... If,
0: if Braun Strowman's the last guy standing at the Royal Rumble, I'm I'm gonna I'm walking out of the Alamos. I won't even boo. I'll just like sprint as fast as I can now because that would be absolute uh, trash. I did. One of the things too that I don't want that to happen, one of the reasons is that they haven't been around that long. But you mentioned Yokozuna, and it's funny, I was researching for this and I forgot how little time he was in the WWF before he won that first rumble. He was only he debuted in like October of ninety two, won the rumble that January. If that happened today with somebody, the Smarks would go would go crazy with a no name. Like that you couldn't do that today. So I was like, Well really not surprised
1: necessarily because Alberto Del Rio um This was way after um, Yokozuna, but Alberto Del Rio had, like, a similar debut to Rumble win trajectory, right? He debuted – I forget when he debuted, but
0: he was only there maybe two or three months, and then he won the Rumble, so. Well, didn't he have a little bit more more, uh, cred coming before him? Because Yokozuna came from out of nowhere. He was, like, literally just picked up off the street.
1: He did. He did. Alberto Del Rio was in Mexico for a little while – for a long time, actually – for MMA, um, people are familiar with Alberto Del Rio. So you're right about Yokozuna just coming in, walking in off the street, and jumping straight to... Um, yes, yeah, so I brought it,
0: I brought it up here, because you're not the stat guy on this show. I want to give you a time off. So uh, Del Rio made his WWE debut on June 25th, 2010, on a SmackDown uh, vignette, and then won the Royal Rumble the next one, January of 2011. So... A little bit longer than Yokozuna, but still much less than he When York, was so. his in-ring debut, though? Uh, in-ring debut, uh, it's so... Uh, Kurt Angle made his debut in a vignette
1: long before his in-ring debut, too. So, like, it's one right. of those... Here we go. It's after, a funny situation. After
0: two months, Del Rio wrestled his first match in a house show, and his first televised debut was August 20th. All right, so August 20th to January 30th. So we're looking at, uh, I don't know, five months. So. Almost six months. Yeah, yeah. Almost six months. All right. Look at that. That's but coming I'll off the dome from too, Greg. Though. I
1: love it. I'll say this too, though. Um, Del Rio and Yokozuna, when they won those Rumbles, that was their Royal Rumble debut. And um, Del Rio has some heat right now. So, I mean, could it be time for a, a fresh like face to win the Royal Rumble? Like somebody to debut, make their Royal Rumble debut and win? Just because you know how WWF likes to play, right? Like, before Del Rio, I think it was Ben who came in. Mm -hmm. made his Royal Rumble debut and then won it. And so, you know, they want to get that off the record books as fast as possible. So they, you know, now Del Rio is the last guy to do it, but he's got heat too. So they might be wanting to make... That would would
0: all go to your strategy of someone who hasn't been announced yet uh, coming in to win it. But as long as it's not Strowman or Corbin, I'll be happy. Yeah, Uh, I was a big. I was hoping Seth would pull it off, Seth Rollins. But after Monday, who knows what he's going to do on uh, on the Rumble now because he has nothing to do. What would? uh, How would you book Seth for Sunday?
1: Um, It's tough, right? Because Triple H is not around, and that's that's where you want to go. I mean, (laughs) it's funny. So. Um Boom Studios is this comic book company and they have uh they have a couple of books out, WWE Then, Now and Forever number one, and um WWE number one that just came out in January. You can find those in comic book stores. But you made me think of them because um the main story in the book is centered around Seth Rollins and his rise to the to the top. And just from reading the first two issues, I think that this comic is building towards uh, a Rollins Triple H WrestleMania match.
0: So not only is do it, we have to watch three hours of Raw and two of SmackDown and NXT and Two Hundred Five Live and three hours of pay per views, now we got to read comic you books You got to read this comic book. <laughs> yes. Get out of here, man! Shit. No,
1: I swear they're building towards this uh, this Rollins Triple H WrestleMania match, and I'm not gonna lie this book is doing a better job of making <laughs> you want
0: to see that match than they've that's, been doing that's on. That's not good when the comic book is doing better than your, your three-hour flagship in building this. Uh,
1: but here, I'll tell you why, though, because, I mean, the, the book gets to get into some things that they don't really get into on the show, right? Like, so the book does a good job of, like, recapping some of the interaction through art and all that. But then it it goes backstage, like, okay, so spoiler, for example, and the issue that just came out in January a couple of weeks ago um, they cover Wrestlemania um, 31 and they cover his Money in the Bank win and so they show that um, after he won the Money in the Bank he's basically waiting for Triple H to give him permission to cash in and you know Dean Ambrose and all the boys in the back are making fun of him for not wanting to cash in or you know basically being Triple H's lackey and um, backstage at WrestleMania 31, they show him bump into Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels, who, uh, you know, Rollins acknowledges that as his idol, is basically like, why are, you, why are you waiting for people to give you permission? You should just do what I do. Just take it. And so he cashes in and wins the championship. And then when he gets backstage, Triple H is furious with him for, you know, taking matters into his own hands, like throws him up against the wall. And Seth Rollins is like kind of cowering to Triple H. But, you know, this is just issue number one. There's more to the story. So when issue number two comes out, who knows what their relationship will be and who knows where they're going to be by the time the final issue comes out. But it builds that intrigue that we don't necessarily get on TV because this is a completely different angle. Then they took it on TV. All right,
0: so what do you think? So, so, so what does he do Sunday? Obviously, assuming he's not going to be in the match, because you can't, you can't have that match now. That's a mania match. You can't build that, that this yeah. quickly, and you don't want to waste it now. Does he interfere in the universal title match? I feel like that's a waste of his talents if he's not in the 30. Um, a buddy of mine uh, texted me, sent me an idea. What if, because he's so pissed now at Triple H and The Authority, he just gets involved with like every match in the night. Just like shows up to throw everything off. Is that giving one guy too much power <laughs> all night? Like what what do you do with him though? Cuz otherwise there's like there's no in between. It's like you're wasting him or you're using him too much. I don't know the answer. What would you do with him?
1: Oh man. I like I like the idea of him just going bonkers and throwing everything off. But I agree, It gives him too much power. So I mean, I think the closest that he can get to something like that is, like you said, to interfere in the the universal title match because Jericho's up in the cage so, you know, there's nothing that he can do and we already like we've been at that point where yeah, Roman and KO and Y2J have been in the main event scene but For Seth Rollins Amber. has been hovering around, yeah Seth Rollins has been hovering around there too so like, you know, he's Slightly, not as much a part of it as um, the other three, but he is involved in that storyline too. So it kind of makes sense that since he has nothing else to do, he can get involved here, or he can um, attack Jericho and take his spot in the rumble. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different things that he could do, but I like the scenario of him going
0: crazy. And, and, and like every match, like even Charlotte and Bailey, he comes in and like drops a pedigree on somebody and just messes the women's match. Um, no, uh, we'll we'll see. I hope he does something where he ends up in the Rumble match because I was excited. He hasn't been in one since he was in the Shield. I was pumped to see him in there, especially being there in person. He's, I'm, I think I'm the biggest mark for him of all the people on the current roster. So I was a little upset when they uh, bounced him out. Great segment on Raw, though. Uh, so hopefully he finds Yeah, you're going to you're gonna see him,
1: though. He's not going to not show up. Yeah,
0: of course, of course. Um, all right, uh, before we move to some fan questions, Greg, so you've mentioned a lot of people, uh, Angle, Shinsuke, Joe. There's rumors Finn Balor may come back uh, sooner rather than later. Maybe HBK, he'll be in the building. I only give you one surprise entrant. Who's the one surprise entrant you most want to see in the Rumble this year?
1: Only one, okay. I think the one, the one that I that I want to see this year, and this is gonna shock people because I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but just for the atmosphere and the vibe and the you know the the tone that it could set, I'd like to see HBK be the surprise entrance. But uh, if not HBK, then Kurt Angle, but. Because it's San Antonio, I got to go – I got to give it to HBK on that
0: one. Despite him being only number, like, what, 35, 36 on your all-time greatest wrestlers list? Uh, you're, you're yeah, that despite aside. him being, <laughs> being
1: way outside the type
0: <laughs> of Um No, we'll see. I think a lot of people are hoping for that. Um, I'm personally hoping to see, for the Nakamura, just the music. Once that violin drops, I feel like I'd go crazy. Oh, yeah. uh, but HBK is definitely right up there, 1 and 1A for me. So it uh, well, should be exciting. You're going to NXT,
1: too, so, like, I mean, that's the one you got to really watch out for because Nakamura is facing Bobby Roode in the main event, and just those entrances, like... Just those those two songs are
0: going to make the whole weekend for me, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, when I went to um, NXT Brooklyn, like, they both had incredible entrances uh, at Brooklyn. They both had incredible entrances at uh, TakeOver Toronto. And um, that was just in two separate matches. So now, like to up the ante with them facing each other, these entrances are gonna be wild. Like,
0: and tickets on StubHub right now are that. like tickets on StubHub are like twenty dollars right now. I can't believe it. So it, it's if you change your mind, Greg, get that flight. Get on, book it on points, whatever. Come meet me out there. We'll have a good time, man. <laughs>
1: All right, man. I'll, I'll let you know. Off air, though. Off air. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'll
0: say the word. We got to keep it. Uh, the the inner circle. We got to keep that mage. Not give it out gotta to the, it all of, all the wrestlers. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So that's the Rumble preview, and I'm sure Greg, you guys will go super deep in on individual match predictions on Cheap Heat this week. So uh, I'm not going to steal your shine on that. So um, we'll put a bow on that. Now we're gonna get to some fan questions. You cool with answering some questions from uh, from the people?
1: Oh yeah, of course.
0: Love it. All right. So this one coming in from uh, Kiara. Or Kiara, I'm not sure how she pronounces the name, but uh, thanks for the question. You better and get it right. I know, I know. Uh, or say it both ways, and that way my bases are covered. Uh, but she wants to know. She's she's going conspiracy theory here, Greg, which I loved. She tweeted at me, "Why is the WWE doing so well with SmackDown Live while Raw is always competitive or repetitive and stale? Is it intentional, maybe?" So you think maybe WWE is to make SmackDown a hotter, buzzier brand, knowing that Raw is going to be a rock no matter what? You think they're maybe making Raw intentionally bad to make SmackDown Live look that much better?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think they don't realize how bad Raw actually is. Either they don't realize or they don't care. I mean, I was watching, bring it to the table, and they mentioned – um, starring Peter Rosenberg. Starring DC, Peter Rosenberg uh, uh, of ESPNG, so, <laughs> Pete.
0: <laughs>
1: but, um, but, no, he mentioned to them that, you know, Raw was way too long at three hours, and it was a bit of a drag, and five hours of wrestling on Monday and Tuesday, um, six if you count uh, NXT, um, seven if you throw in 205 Live, is just too much for, like, the casual fan.
0: And the and
1: comic books, yeah. And the comic <laughs> books. Oh my god, so much time she adds in the comic book. But um, but they they Heyman and JBL seem to be in agreement that uh, that doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't care about the time commitment. And um, I think that's basically what it is. Like they're so focused on the financial piece that they don't care that the storytelling piece is not where it should be whereas snapdown is used to people changing the channel um so they don't have that luxury of feeling as if people are going to watch no matter what whereas raw um they're not used to that so i think paul hayman was right we do if we wanted to change we do have to maybe boycott or turn the channel but at the same time they know we won't so Right, I don't so, think it's intentionally bad. They just don't care.
0: They just don't know or care, yeah. All right, so no conspiracy theory there. Uh, Greg is bringing some practicality, some realism uh, here. Uh, this one from Drew in Pittsburgh. What I think is a good question considering how much, you know, the internet has taken over the, the IWC, uh, the product now. He wants to know, are high work rate guys being pushed too hard? And then he went on to explain some more. Guys like Cesaro, Finn Balor, they put on great matches, but they're just never that great In promos, and he thinks that talkers and promo guys are more important, and that if you have too many work rate guys, ratings are going to hurt, and the product mainstream wise is going to go down. So, do you think that these high work rate guys are being pushed too much?
1: No, and I will—that will never be my answer because I mean, this is this is pro wrestling, and like even way back, I always appreciated the the wrestling aspect over the the mic and the promo and like the entertainment aspect, um, which is why I could have a guy like Bret Hart over Rick Flair, which is why I could have, you know, I wasn't a Hulkamaniac, you know, little things like that is because the work rate guys run the show. You need those work rate guys. Those are my favorite guys. And I don't think Cesaro um, in particular is being pushed um, high enough. He, he has a, great tag team program going on with Sheamus. He's a champion. He's been tag team champion before, but they could easily be doing more with Cesaro.
0: Yeah, but you look at the times when the, the ratings have been highest, when the shows have been the best, when the storytelling has been the best. It's been when you've had the Hogan's, the Austin's, the the Rock's, the guys who can tell a story, not the guys that are, uh, you know, the work rate guys or the mat technicians. I mean, I think anybody would argue you know, when uh, Benoit or Eddie Guerrero were headlining, that's some of the best workers ever. But that was definitely a lull, or even the Bret Hart early 90s days compared to the 80s or the the Attitude Era. You don't think that's a, a trade-off that's been proven over the years?
1: Um, no, not necessarily, especially if you want to throw in um, Bret Hart because um, Bret, Bret actually used to pack crowds. And to say that Bret Hart, um, like people – People talk about the early nineties as not you know, not very fond terms, but at least with Bret Hart, he was having entertaining matches. Now overall did the product suffer, but um possibly, but there's a lot of different factors you could point to with that. For yeah, so, uh, one of them being like the cartoony characters over the wrestlers, you know, the Undertaker's and your Dunste Clowns and your Duke the Dumpster Drozies and those guys being pushed over your work rate guys or as equals to the work rate guys. Um, But yeah, Brett always turned in entertaining performances, always packed crowds and um, Brett like under Brett as champion, the WWF became truly global. Like they started to tour worldwide, you know, Hulkamania crisscrossed America, but that was America. You know, Ric Flair had, you know, territories going hot, but those are territory. Those are sections of one country and Bret Hart, had countries under his belt Africa Europe all over the place so I mean I don't think it's necessarily a a trade-off that has been proven and you know Rollins is a work rate guy you know you got a lot of work rate guys AJ Styles and the company is as high as it's ever been right now so I don't know I prefer the work rate guys though I mean, those those guys are the
0: exception, right? Because you want the work rate guy that can talk. When you get a Rollins or a Daniel Bryan or an AJ Styles, that's the golden ticket. Obviously, that's what we're all looking for. Right, um, right.
1: You want the work rate guy that can talk versus a talker that can barely work. You know what I mean? Yeah. For my money, I'll go with the work rate guy that can talk any day. So I would say, no, these work rate guys aren't getting pushed too hard. They're, They're not getting pushed hard enough. So I'm going to slightly than. disagree
0: with you. I'd rather have the guy who's the has the natural charisma for the promo that I think you can turn into a better wrestler. Look at what John Cena did, what, 2015? Kind of that career renaissance. I think it's easier yeah, to teach nobody, the work rate he, than it is the promo skills.
1: I don't know, because look how long it took the Miz to catch on. John Cena's like an exception. Miz has been in the company 10 years, and he's just getting hot in the ring.
0: But he was, like always, right inter- he was always entertaining. That's He always kept you watching, no? Or at least... He made was you he feel always something. Whether you hated him or it was like X-Pac heat or you actually were intrigued, I think you're always going to be interested in the guys that can talk, whether it's for a good reason or not. As long as you're watching, that's what matters.
1: I feel like Miz might have made some people change the channel, though. We we got to – that's a all right, thing Yeah, that's we don't not... want to
0: revisionist history. All right, that's fair. Um, all right, so n- next question, last one from the reader. This one coming in from Cole. And, uh, not Michael Cole, a buddy of mine, Cole, oh, uh, <laughs> different Cole. I need a little, the, the anonymous GM, uh, ringing noise or whatever for this one. Uh, <laughs> not buddy Cole. So his question was very basic, but I think we can expand it to a larger one. He wants to know why does David Otunga suck? And I don't know if you disagree or agree or not. I do think for a guy who's a lawyer and an actor and, uh, is so well spoken. He could be used better in that booth. But uh, what's your what's your take on the state of commentary these days? Whether you like Otunga specifically to talk about, or just uh, everything in general?
1: Oh man, I think Otunga is decent. Um, I've enjoyed some of his work. I feel like commentary sucks sometimes because it gets too. Like, which which play-by-play guys actually do play by plays It might just be moral, you know? And um, so often with everybody else, they get so caught up in pushing the storyline and trying to tell the audience what they should be thinking, what they should be hearing, that nobody really gets to enjoy the wrestling. And I think that's why David Otunga sucks, too. Uh, not because I think he's such a, <laughs> But, you know, because he's pushing the story he's trying to be funny and like the entertainment aspect you know wrestling is not grounded in the ring work anymore and i think that's why everything is is a little bit off even people's perception of what makes a great wrestler the wrestling is like fourth or fifth um in the criteria and it's just because yeah like i said people we just gotta get back to the fundamentals of what's supposed to make it great. And it's the ring. It's what's happening in the ring. And that's affecting commentary and the fans and uh, what people think is good versus bad and all the way down.
0: All right, there you go. And I don't want to belabor commentary because so many people talk about that so much that, you know, I don't have to worry about that too much. So um, so let's move on. Uh, Cole, my buddy, also told me that uh, he was very anti- your argument for Bret Hart, which was uh, lighting the internet on fire, you and the Brian Campbell on Cheap Pete last week. Uh, so I've much been so, defending even...
1: that for days.
0: Well, now you got Roman Reigns. I heard the little Brian Campbell interview. He, he's on Team Greg for this one. That he was a uh, Bret over. No, Sean. we're on
1: Team Bret for
0: this one. We are
1: on Team Bret.
0: So I got, well, I got to ask you, this is so, cause I'm sure you guys will talk about it again on cheap heat. And again, I don't want to steal your thunder there. Um, I was, as a kid, I was team Brett. I was the big mark. I love the glasses. I was with you on that uh, stepping away, bigger impact on the wrestling industry as a whole. I think I got to go to Sean just cause of him helping bring DX and that second act and all that stuff. But you and I can argue about that off the air. What I want to know, cause you didn't really talk about this uh, during this argument on cheap heat last week, you said how Brett, uh, you know, talking about top ten and Campbell saying he's like outside the top fifteen. Who is in your in your top ten, Greg? You guys kept talking about the top room and the top shelf and kind of these vague little signifiers. So give me like your ten guys, your your undeniable top ten. You don't have to rank them in order, but who would those ten guys be?
1: Well, okay. So you said you didn't want to steal too much thunder from this week's Chi Heat. So the top 10 talk is definitely coming on
0: this week's Chi Heat. Oh, okay. Look at that. So I, I, I should be producing that show.
1: <laughs> you do. You show up one time and then you change the direction. You get us an A.V. Club mention
0: and then you got all the stroke on Chi Heat. Hey, that's all it takes, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, So I'm not going to go ahead and give my whole top
0: 10 right here. Okay.
1: But I, what I will say is who's not
0: in my top ten. All right. Who's that then? I, obviously,
1: Bret Hart is in my top ten. That's, we don't need to, you know, that's obvious. Bret's in the top ten. Shawn Michaels is not in my top ten.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. Shawn Michaels is not in my top ten. Um. Because I'm a true professional and I'm not just a hack, and I want to give this some deep thought. I'm debating whether or not um, Dusty Rhodes is in my top ten. Ooh. But I'm thinking about it. I will give it some consideration.
0: My my headphones um, are burning my ears right now because so much hot takeness is coming through the, the airwaves here. I'm de-
1: I have to debate, the, you know, Dusty. I have to really think on it. Um, Harley Race is in my top ten.
0: Interesting. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't think many people would have him in theirs.
1: Harley Race is absolutely in my top ten. Um, Hulk Hogan is not in my top ten.
0: Wow. That's no, that, no that's a scoop. I gotta get this episode out before Cheepie to make sure that I get this one first. That is fire. Yeah, he's not there. Damn, Greg. Woo. Well, I can't wait to see who does make it in because if if Bret's in but Hulk isn't, I mean. The, the the reaction the internet had to last I'm almost speechless and that's hard to do uh the reaction that the internet had to your episode last week I can only imagine what's going to be happening this week yeah. god damn man Hulk Ooh.
1: is not in my top 10
0: Wow, that's incredible. Well, like I said, I don't want to steal the shine, so uh, I'm going to be listening very intently for when uh, this week's GP comes out to find out who is in your top ten, which does not include Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan and potentially Dusty Rhodes. I'm pumped, man. It's going to be a good episode. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, <laughs> yep, let's talk a little bit. We got to oh, see, go see where Ric Flair
1: falls in the top ten, too. You know? It's a lot to decide.
0: I'm very, very piqued my interest right now. Uh, very interested in he seeing. He might not be in shows. the list either. I'm just Get out of here. No way. Gotta, no. Gotta keep, but I,
1: I got to keep it high. I gotta no it, so. Ric Flair we in the top ten.
0: Wow. I didn't
1: say. I said potentially. You potentially. Know? I got to tease some things out. Some, some of these are definite. Like, you know, Hogan is definitely not in. Sean, definitely not in. Dusty Man. might be in.
0: Greg going on his on his Skip Bayless Whoa. tip right now, just lighting everything aflame. I love mm-hmm.
1: it. What's gonna happen to Rick Flair? We gotta wait and
0: see. Oh, tune in to Cheap Heat this week. Uh, available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> um, I did. I did want to ask some Cheap Heat questions quickly, Greg, before we get to the the last segment of the show. Here, um, it's been now a, a good long while. You've been working with uh, the Brian, the Brian Campbell, the addition to the show with you and, and Rosenberg. Uh, what have What have you noticed? What's the biggest differences between the show that you guys do now? And when Shoemaker was on, do you feel as you're making the show now that uh, it's a little bit different, a little bit more debating, a little more combative? Is is that wrong to say? How would you say the two shows are different from then to now?
1: Um, I feel like the the main difference between – because that's what you're really asking, like the difference between Shoemaker and Campbell. And I think it comes down to – they both have like a lot of wrestling knowledge and a lot of wrestling history and a lot of passion. Um, but I think the main difference with at least the feel of the shows is that with Campbell, you get like a lot of like that pop culture references. And like, um, he dropped the Willy Wonka reference in, in, uh, in the Bret Hart debate. And, um, every show he's got like a lot of pop culture and hip hop references that he'll he'll make mention of so it's it's fun for a different reason you know it's just like different kinds of fun and i can't really say which one is more fun but um it definitely has a different feel like he has his own voice he's definitely not a replacement to shoemaker or anything like that by any means like He's the Brian Kemp.
0: So so many hip hop lyrics, which uh, has been a nice little running gag for you guys. that he keeps slipping those in. Uh, it's it's good stuff. No, um, cool. No, I, I didn't want to make you pick a favorite because that's you know unfair. Because uh, I think they're both great in their own ways. So, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, a, it's good talk about them both. Um, all right, Greg. Before we head to the uh, the fun five, which is how we wrap up the show. Another new wrinkle I've added to the show since you've been on last is uh, I let the guests turn the tables. On me, so you get to ask me one question about anything if you'd like. Uh, if you want to, fire away.
1: Yeah, who's your who's in your top ten? And I'm gonna be
0: and I want it in
1: order. And I just want you to know I'm gonna be listening very intently to see
0: oh, man. how in-
1: fast you say. <laughs> the hitman Bret Uh
0: in that up. Uh, in order, I don't know, because I have to take a lot more time than we have uh to sort that out. But in no particular you order. You can't go
1: ten to one real
0: quick? Uh, I mean well let me throw out let me throw out the ten and then I'll see if or, or we'll work our way through it. Um so, right, so throw
1: out the ten and then after you throw out the ten, say the top three.
0: Alright, we'll we'll do that. that. Uh so the ten in some order. Uh Hogan, Austin, uh Cena, Brett. Uh, I'm going old school. You got to have San Martino in there. Uh, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, HBK. Um going to go with Rock and Macho Man. Yeah, I'm surprised it took me that long to think of Macho Man because I think my top three would be Austin, uh, Macho Man, and I got to go Hogan. Those are my three. This
1: interviews all over.
0: This <laughs> well, Hogan's not even in your top ten, obviously, but how could you not have him? <laughs> he's the reason the WWE today exists. Well, he's the he reason the WCW that, existed though, right? as long as it did.
1: That that I'll give you, but even that's tough too, though, because there's a lot of a lot of players, a lot of moving parts, and it's it's that question, like you know how when you watch Back to the Future or any of these time travel movies, they're like don't change anything because you don't know how it's going to affect the future and then like you eat a grape and then your grandmother's dead when you go back (laughs) to the future. Yeah, yeah. There's no telling how how the wrestling world will be affected um, if blank didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like if there was no Hulk Hogan or if there was no Ric Flair or if the steroid scandal didn't open up the door for Bret Hart. You know, we could only speculate about just how significant all that was. It's possible that wrestling could be, could have been as popular, and it could have been um, Macho Man or somebody we don't even think of today that was like in the locker room <laughs> and that got the shot. But
0: yeah, but I mean, you're the lawyer. You're dealing facts, and it is what it is, and it was what it was because of Hogan. I don't think you can deny uh, his impact. Eighty-seven thousand at the okay, Pontiac but... Silverdome, or ninety-three thousand. You know, you gotta
1: right. But here's here's the fact though, right? Hogan, Hogan made a lot of money and he was very charismatic, you know, memorable moments that had people, you know, exploited out to mean a memorable match. Like he slammed Andre and then people were like, oh, that match was incredible. No, the match was decent, but the moment was great. Uh,
0: That's the thing. Same yeah. thing with Warrior. Yeah, he no
1: one ever Warrior. talks and about matches, like,
0: it's moments, yeah.
1: Yeah, legendary moments, not really legendary matches. Meanwhile, so many guys that put together legendary matches. And for a guy like me, um, that puts the ring you're work, a,
0: You're a work rate guy. We already discussed that. Yeah, yeah so your top 10 going to be skewed that charisma, way.
1: He was very charismatic, but then you got a guy like The Rock, who was also charismatic, but then he was also a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. John Cena, also charismatic, also a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold, same thing. Charismatic, better wrestler than Hulk Hogan. And then, you know, Rick Sled can say the same thing, and then you got room to bump him down because as charismatic as he was, is that enough to overlook all of his flaws, including, you know, um, an outside-the-ring flaw that I personally and still holding against him.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The
1: obvious one. You know, no, his, his his charisma is not enough to gloss over all that. And then on the flip side, are people's lack of charisma enough to be like, oh, yeah, amazing wrestlers, but – and I've, on the flip side, I'm not willing to, to do that either, you know, it as harshly. So, yeah, Hogan's out of the top ten, but, <laughs> you know, because his charisma – you know, it's gonna make him a legend. He's the Hall of Famer right now, but his matches are just like they're not gonna age well. Uh,
0: they, <laughs> but, they, already, you know? they they already haven't. Yeah, it's. I mean, he was just. You know, he was he was the right place at the wrong right time, brother. You know, whatever that uh, that right. stuff is, every single time. But <laughs> not. Uh, outside the top ten, you to go back. Outside of the top 10, I think you're still crazy, but I I look forward to hearing your argument more in depth uh, with the guys on cheap Pete this week. Uh, All right, Greg, you got to go soon. So let's quickly run through the fun five. It's how we end every show. It's five uh, quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. So uh, first question, number one, which current non John Cena wrestler has the best chance to maybe one day make it into your top 10 or that top shelf room. Is there any of them?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them, man. Like, um, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. AJ Styles, for sure, more than anybody, but because...
0: He's not too old um, already for you to be this in the mainstream now? You think he still has enough time left to get in that? I mean, this is top 10 potential, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, he definitely does. Especially okay. when, like, when did Rick Flair wrestle in his last match? Like, in his 60s? Like, he's got <laughs> time. I don't think AJ Styles is going to do that. But, yeah,
0: but those are very different know, wrestling styles. I don't think Styles is doing a 450 on a table when he's when he's 60, you know?
1: No, but you know, he's a, he's a wrestler's wrestler. He has an actual wrestling background. Yeah. He can figure out a way to switch up his style. Like um Chris Jericho already has. Yep, that's fair. that's true. You know, like so cause Jericho is another guy who's wrestling right now who could slip into that upper upper room. Um Yeah,
0: like uh, right, there's so, a lot of guys. Alright, um, so you're thinking there's at least Kenny Omega. At least three or four, yeah, for okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Don't forget, this is top 10. So these guys are going to have to keep it going for a, a long time and have a lot of positive reinventions. Um, all right. Question number two. Uh, maybe it was the one you were watching with uh, your girlfriend on her birthday night, but it is Royal Rumble week. Do you have a favorite Rumble match of all time? Does one stick out over the others for you?
1: Um, favorite of all time? Um not i don't think i have a favorite of all time i like them a lot um they all like i said had had these real fun moments that you could borderline call incredible like um i forget which year it was that cm punk was in the ring doing his little sermon. i think it was 2010 actually right when edge won and cm punk did his little sermon and was trying to recruit people into the straight Edge society right right uh, yeah that was real fun um Austin's Royal Rumble victories are real good. Um, '93 was actually a fun Royal Rumble event, (laughs) not just the Rumble match. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to pick a favorite, even though a lot of the more recent ones have been predictable, and that bumped them down. Um, A favorite, I don't think I have one.
0: Well, maybe this one with the star power and the unpredictability and the, the surprises may take your top slot after Sunday. Um, Yeah, it's open Possible, it is That's what I like the most this year Is that there is no favorite We have no idea It can go any way As long as it's not Strowman or Corbin I'll be happy Um, Question question number three, Greg Um, If you could fantasy book one current storyline If I give you the writer's room And you're like They give you the keys to one storyline What would you change? What would you book Heading into WrestleMania season?
1: I If I could change one storyline Hmm. I think I think I would shake up this Roman Jericho uh, business because it's going it's too it's too crazy it's too crazy I would have I would have had Jericho win the United States Championship a long time ago. Um you remember the match on Raw when he did like the Eddie Guerrero? Thing and then Roman didn't get disqualified because the ref let the match continue. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you guys, I'd
1: have, have had Jericho win the match, win the U.S. title in that match, and then just move Roman right up out of the main event picture and had Jericho and KO battle for both belts, or have Jericho beat the New Day and have all the Raw belts to show their dominance because they lean in too far on comedy for me when they should be like they should be dominant.
0: I like it. And having all the belts would be an awesome look. I mean, the pictures would be amazing. All right, cool. I dig it. Uh, Question number four. I asked you in a similar segment, I think the first episode you were ever on, uh, which superstar you would want to date if you could. I think you were single at the time and you picked Sasha Banks, I remember. But now you have uh, the valet who's now been upgraded to girlfriend status. So I'm going to Turn the tables a little bit on this question. What uh, superstar would you let your girlfriend have a hall pass for? Who would be the one guy that, or girl that you'd be like, you know what? I'm cool with this.
1: Hmm. Let's see. I think. See, it got to be scandalous so that you know the later later on we can blackmail them.
0: <laughs> always, th- <laughs> oh, always thinking ahead with your lawyer cap.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the most we can get the most mileage
0: out of a John Cena scandal.
1: So I'm gonna say John Cena.
0: So John Cena is the hall pass for uh, for Stack Guy's yeah. girlfriend. I love it, leveraging that power. Uh, last question for you, Greg. Question number five. Uh, I'm curious about this all the time. Has anybody ever recognized you in court yet from your your wrestling alter ego, your persona? <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. It has happened um, multiple occasions, Um, other lawyers, um, court staff, people recognize me um, not even just in court. Like um, once I was on my way to the airport, um, me and my girlfriend, I forget where we were going. And I just heard somebody yell my name, not stat guy Greg mind you, but like Greg Hyde and I'm don't recognize this kid at all. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I listen to Cheap Heat. um, know, fan." And that's happened everywhere. And I would just be in my regular clothes when that happened. And in court once, I was negotiating a settlement on a case, and the lawyer just out of nowhere, like we had some downtime, and he mentioned, he's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't realize that uh, you were like a little bit of a, a celebrity." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, her, you know, you got the." The podcast on, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, I, I'm not as low as I
0: thought I was. Oh, uh, yeah, no, which is which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah, because you're getting uh, you're getting that eminence, so that's awesome. But uh, no, I love it. I'm waiting for some uh, opposing counsel to work in like a classic wrestling promo in, in a in a case against you or something. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome, dude. I Cannot wait. Um, it, hard times out there for my client. Something like that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, exactly.
0: All right, Greg, man, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, plug what you want to plug. What are the people, what should they know about you?
1: Oh, man, first of all, thanks for having me back. Um, uh, you mentioned Cheap Heat, the Cheap Heat podcast. Um, you also mentioned that I am an attorney, so you can Google my name, uh, Greg Hyde, um, law of Gregory S. Hyde. Um. Yes, yeah, uh, Peter Rosenberg is bringing it to the table. Uh, Holy Foley's coming back on the network. I guess um, I can say now that I did. I filmed something for an episode. I don't know if it made it, so we can all watch after the rumble to see if. uh
0: oh, see If that makes it
1: onto the network. I didn't um, know that. Look at you. Yeah, at stat guy Greg on Twitter. Um, G Hyde since '85 on Instagram. Um, Yes. Yeah. I love thanks it. Thanks for listening to the Mike Janella show.
0: <laughs> you don't have to put me over, man. Don't worry about that. Um Greg, man, thanks so much. Uh stay on the line. I'll wrap up with you afterward. And uh, hopefully you do get that last minute flight out to San Antonio and I could see you there at the Rumble this weekend. Oh yeah. All right.
1: Stay made, guys.
0: That's it. And make sure to visit Mikejanella.com. I will have all the links for what you need to know about Stack Guy Greg. You can also find all previous episodes of the show, including Greg's past two appearances, plus the info on the great outro music that you're hearing right now. I'll be at the Royal Rumble. Check me out on Twitter at mikejanella. will follow me live. Hopefully, it'll be a great show. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.